This is going to be the first wrestling podcast. WWE presented SummerSlam from Detroit last night. Let's get into it. Okay, SummerSlam has been around over 30 years now, which is crazy to me. But um, it was a good show last night. I enjoyed it. I'm not entirely sure if we're going to get um, a guest on with us for another episode to talk about SummerSlam. Because of that, I'm not going to get too too in-depth with everything that went on at the show. Because I do think we're going to get a guest that's going to talk to us about the show as well. Um, I'm going to withdraw on who that will be until the time comes. But anyway... Let's get into this card a little bit. First of all, the first thing you notice for me is WWE is loaded with talent. When you have, well, there's there's two things at play here. First thing at play is they shortened the card to only eight matches. Their productions now are so big and... The like in between matches, the elaborate long entrances that basically everybody has the long walk literally at these stadium shows. This was a show that was long as it was with only eight matches, but it was like four hours long, which is crazy when you think about it. Eight matches, four hours, you should be able to get eight matches in two hours, really, or maybe you know, three at the most two and a half, but when you, you give everybody the proper amount of time, which I do like, they're giving everybody longer matches, time to really get a spotlight on them, and then of course, like I said about the entrances and all the, the vignettes in between and everything else that they've got going on at these, uh, uh, PLEs now, I can't, I'm still not used to PLE, I'm still used to pay-per-views, but anyway, they're loaded with talent. When you have Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus, a Hall of Famer, who has come back for one final run here and has been around now for a while. She's been a weekly character for three months, four months, and that's surprising. I honestly did not expect that at all. When Becky was teaming with Lita and, and Trish earlier in the year, or just teaming with Lita and Trish was there, it's still, I still suspected it would be a few weeks at most. But here we are months later, and Trish is still around. She's turned heel, and you had a, a lot of buildup, to be honest, between them, you know, uh, attacks and sneak attacks, and Becky's got Zoe Stark from NXT with her, and you've got a built-in storyline ready to go. And everybody assumed it was going to be on the card. And I guess it was initially on the card. And they cut that match. They cut Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus. That tells you they've got a loaded card. They've got a loaded roster. When you've got a battle royal. A kind of throwaway battle royal. Where there isn't even a prize announced for it. Just a random battle royal added to the card. And you've got AJ Styles in the Battle Royal. 
when you've got Braun Strowman, or not Braun Strowman, I'm sorry, um, well, obviously the guy who won the Battle Royal, L.A. Knight in the Battle Royal, Sheamus in the Battle Royal, Matt Riddle, these are all guys who have had major, major runs. Matt Riddle contended for world championships. He's been a U.S. champion, tag champ. AJ Styles is a multiple-time world champion, a bona fide Hall of Famer, first, you know, no doubt about it, first ballot. Sheamus, same thing. LA Knight's on the rise. And the best they got for those guys is a throwaway random battle royal. <laughs> Again, they are loaded with talent. And there's a lot of good stuff in the NXT. When they when these guys start coming up, it's going to be even better. So we'll start with the Battle Royale, I guess. Uh, LA Knight won it. Not all that surprised because they had to give him something. He is probably the most over guy in the WWE. I would say he probably is the most, most over wrestler right now. He gets the, the biggest reactions. He definitely kind of relies on some of the Rock's characteristics in Stone Cold's a little bit. Not to the degree that the haters just rag on him for, but he there's definitely some hints of that. But that's fine. I don't I'm not bothered by that. I'm not overly enthralled with it, with him like the you know the people who are just going absolutely bonkers for him. I think he's fine and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a nice push and let's see where it goes. Maybe I'll get a little bit more on board. But, um, you know, he's fine, and I'm not surprised at all that he won the Battle Royal. Okay, let's move on. The first match of the night, actually, was not the Battle Royal. It was Ricochet and Logan Paul. Um, I gotta say, it is ridiculous how good Logan Paul is in the ring. He has no business being this good. He's athletic as hell, and him and Ricochet put on the kind of match that I really expected from them. Um, I didn't like the ending. Other than the ending, they probably had the match of the night, to be honest. I liked it that much, but the ending kind of ruined it a little bit for me. Again, the match itself was really well done, and I really liked it. Really high-flying, really exciting. A lot of nice near falls, all that good stuff. It's just the last 30 seconds of it I, I could have done without because the brass knuckles and he cheats. Maybe there's a way to extend the feud and let Ricochet um, stay with an extended feud with him. And that'd be good because I want Ricochet to get a brighter spotlight on him. He deserves it. And he needs to be on pay-per-views more often. There's plenty of... Or, um, see, I just did it again. PLEs more often. And I was glad to see him have a one-on-one match on a PLA. PLA. Jeez, I cannot talk and I cannot say PLE. I keep thinking pay-per-view. Hopefully I'll get by then. Anyway, it's just nice to see that he had a one-on-one match on a PLE. And I really don't remember the last time he did, to be honest. Anyway, so that was that. Um, Let's go to, after that, they had Seth... I'm not entirely sure on the match order. I'm going off the top of my head, to be honest. I should have a list in front of me. I don't. And I'm in the car again, of course. But let's go to Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. Great match. 
really, really good match. All the things that happened with Judgment Day with with Damien coming out and um, Ripley and Dominic trying to help Finn were it was all expected. I knew Damien and I know Damien and Finn are headed down a path where there might be some issues. Um, issues led to the loss last night from uh, for Finn. He went to go grab the briefcase when Damien slid it in the ring for him. And as he was picking it up, he got stomped down, and that was the end of the match. But it was a really, really good match. There was a couple good near falls where I even thought Finn was actually going to get it done. I, I honestly did think he actually he was going to get it done for sure at one point. So I was surprised at the, at the kickout. And anytime I'm surprised, it's a good thing because I'm rarely surprised. Like, I can watch a match and pretty much at every cover... No matter how early or late it is in the match, I know when it's going to end. At the one count. As soon as the referee counts to one, I know, oh, he's kicking out. He's definitely kicking out. Or just the way the match is going and the way WWE books things, and I know it so well. I know when the guy's kicking out. I know when they're not. And they fooled me on that one. I honestly thought... Seth was not going to kick out on the on uh, one of the late pinfalls after the coup de gras that Finn finally hit. I thought he was going to get it there, but he didn't. But great match one on one. I personally would have booked Finn to win because I know he's going to move on to something with Damian at some point and, and do more Judgment Day stuff. But I think that. The Judgment Day group, while they're still very interesting and they're the top group on Raw, obviously, and they're being booked that way. If Finn was the champion with Damien still holding the money in the bank, that that would be very, very interesting. And I think they kind of missed the boat there. I think it would have been better to do it that way. Plus, I'm all, all hearing like crazy that Seth is really, really banged up. I mean, he's working a crazy rate at this point. I mean, he's work, his work rate right now is through the roof, and he's working like crazy. He's, he's wrestling all the time, it seems like. He's always defending that title. And they even said it's the workman's title or whatever, and that's fine. But I heard he's actually kind of banged up and might even need some time off even if it's just to heal some bumps and bruises and things like that. And I thought this would have been the perfect opportunity to do it, but I guess I was wrong. But I digress. Let's move on. Real quick, I'll give some stars. Um, Two stars for the Battle Royal because there was nothing spectacular in it. It was just a standard Battle Royal. I go on a five-star system. So two stars for the Battle Royal. Nothing special. The only thing memorable about it is let's see what happens afterwards with LA Knight, what kind of push he gets. Um, Also, Austin Theory was another guy in the Battle Royale I was surprised to see. You have the United States champion in the Battle Royale, which is weird. Anyway, um, the Ricochet-Logan Paul match would have gotten four stars for me, which probably is the highest of the night well maybe uh but it's not gonna get it because the ending really bothered me so three and a half stars for logan paul and ricochet 
and Rollins Balor. I'm going to give the same. I'm going to give them another three and a half stars. Granted, Paul and Ricochet would have been four stars without the ending, but I digress. Uh, Rollins and Balor was no contention for ever getting a four stars for me, but it was not a bad match at all. I enjoyed it. Three and a half stars. And that false finish that got me, like I said, I give extra credit for because I'm rarely fooled. And I was fooled at one time. Okay, let's move on. Um, Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey was a snooze fest. Um, I know Ronda Rousey brings in ratings. And I, so I understand why they put her on the card. And Ronda Rousey is a big name. But I knew, I also knew that she's leaving. She's on her way out. Possibly for good, but at the very least for an extended time. Um, I think her contract's up the whole deal. So she's not a guarantee to ever come back. And if she does, maybe it'll be more of a of a Brock Lesnar type of deal where, you know, sporadic appearances here and there and not on the show every week anymore. And that, and I, that's fine. I'm fine with that. Her matches aren't that great. Um, Shayna Baszler wins this match in pretty convincing fashion overall. The ending was not anything controversial. It just beat her clean and, and let's see now. You got to make Shayna. You got to work to make Shayna the badass she is. She's got to be a complete and utter badass now and whip up on everybody. She can't go into her next feud out of after this, whoever that is, and lose. She's got to start winning matches and be dominant. It's got to be like it's got to be like uh, Brock Lesnar after he beat The Undertaker where he was just unbeatable and he just whooped up on John Cena that time years and years ago. Um, it's not to that level, obviously, but it's still to some degree in that realm. A convincing win over Ronda has to mean something and it only means something if, if WWE makes it mean something. It only means something if WWE works on it and makes her a badass. And I hope they do. So Shayna wins that one. That one for, uh, but overall, the crowd really wasn't into it, though, How unfortunately. So you gotta, you know, hopefully they can do something with Shayna off of the win, but the match itself was not very good. It was, and the crowd was not into it at all. So I'm going to give that one and a half stars. Now we'll move on to Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar. Another contender for match of the night. For sure. First of all, four stars. So maybe it is going to be my match of the night. That was a four-star match. 
That was excellent. They really... Cody really worked hard early on to make Brock Lesnar look like an absolute beast. He was dominated. So the loss doesn't look as bad for Brock because he really destroyed Cody early on. Got to give Cody a lot of credit. He took a lot of suplexes. He really got the crap kicked out of him. There's no doubt about that. And uh, I don't have any complaints about this match. This was a really good match. The drama was there. Uh, The near falls were there. But once Cody hit those three crossroads, you knew that it was over because that's what he does. He holds on and hits it three times and no one's going to kick out of that and not even Brock. And And it was just... Really, really solid. And now we got to see what, what's next for Cody. Because if they're going to have him face Roman at WrestleMania, whatever it is, 39 or whatever, the WrestleMania coming up in April in Philadelphia, which is a WrestleMania rematch from the year before, he's also that means he's got to stay away from him until then. So what is he going to do in the meantime? And that's another thing, is if he's going to go after Roman, Roman is on SmackDown and Cody's on on Raw. Now, he can win the Royal Rumble again, which I kind of got a feeling that's what they're going to do. He can win the Royal Rumble again and then challenge whoever he wants. They can challenge Roman for the the, uh, Universal title on SmackDown. That's fine. But you're coming off a win against... Brock Lesnar, you would think that he's gonna go after the world title next, Seth Rollins. I don't know if this Finn Balor business in Seth Rollins is over yet. And if he's not gonna move on to Seth Rollins, there's two problems here. If he moves on to Seth Rollins, you're gonna have Seth beat him? Or is he going to beat Seth and then WrestleMania is like a title for title situation? Which I guess can happen. But you want him to win the first world title that his dad never won and finishing the journey and all that that he's been talking about. It should be against Roman. It means a lot more if it's against Roman. He's the first guy to beat him and take the title off of him. So, I don't know. So that, I don't, I don't want him to, to take it off of Seth First of all, Seth needs to beat him at least once just because he dominated Seth before he got hurt. And that title doesn't mean as much. So if he if he beats Seth, I don't like that. But if he loses to Seth, then how is he going to look strong to go against Roman at WrestleMania? So they're kind of in a corner there. We'll see what they do. Either way, though, I really like that match. Cody and Brock, four stars. All right, let's move on. Women's triple threat match. Bianca, Charlotte, and Asuka. Bianca gets the win in an okay triple threat match. Not terrible, not great. It's a three-star match. Surprising ending with Bianca getting the win, but it gets her number up for championship reigns which I think means something to them. Now they can say she's a whatever time champion. But 
It doesn't last long. EO Sky comes in, cashes in her money in the bank, beats Bianca immediately, and we have a new champion, and it's EO Sky, and I am very happy about that. The match itself, like I said, was three stars. Nothing special, but nothing terrible either. Bianca winning was a surprise, but anytime there's a cash-in of a money in the bank, it's inherently exciting. It just is. They, they've they struck gold with this. It hasn't gotten stale. The, the cash-ins are great every single time. They're great. And now we've got a new champion, and it's going to be fun to see Eosky as champion defending the title. I hope they don't do her dirty and just take it off of her really quick. That would really stink. And they've done that a few times to up-and-coming stars who are who get the, who get the money in the bank and cash in, and then it's you know within a month on their first defense or second defense, they lose it right back. I can distinctly remember um, Nikki A.S.H. winning the Money in the Bank, cashing in on Charlotte. And I think like three weeks later, Charlotte got a rematch and just beat her right back. And right back down to the mid-card or lower when Nikki A.S.H., which is terrible. <clears throat> I hope that's not what happens here. Um, good to see Dakota Kai. She's obviously injured still. At the press conference, she said she's not cleared to wrestle so I'm not entirely sure if we're going to see her in a non-wrestling capacity just to, to accompany Bailey and EO to the ring or if she's going to go back to her rehab and will come back when she's fully healthy whenever that may be which I think might be still a few months away but she was there last night very cool very cool to see EO win the championship well deserved she is a great great wrestler we have Gunther and Drew McIntyre for the Intercontinental uh, Championship Intercontinental title Uh, all the rumors about Drew not getting a new contract being far apart on money apparently as well this just re reaffirms that I'm not sure if he's going to sign or at the very least WWE isn't sure that he's going to sign because he lost clean and there's no shame in losing clean to Guther don't get me wrong Guther is great uh, he is a worthy intercontinental champion he's brought prestige back to the championship for sure and he's got great matches. This was no no different. That was a banger of a match. It really was. Hard hitting. Three and a half stars from me. Very hard hitting. Very good match. Just a really, really good match. But Gunther went over clean. And uh, if Seth, if Seth, if Drew had re-signed or they were confident he was going to resign. He might have either won or maybe lost with some sort of shenanigans involved to protect him. That's what they call that. 
like Ricochet was protected when he lost to Logan Paul because Logan Paul cheated with the brass knuckles. Drew was not protected. Drew lost fair and square, clean, to the heel champion in the center of the ring, which makes me think either he's definitely not re-signing and he's going to be gone soon, or they're still working on it to try to get him to re-sign, but because it's uncertain, they can't put the belt on him, so away he goes. And Gunther, man, that guy is so good. Chest chops better than the best in the business. Worthy champion, taking on all challengers. The only thing I don't like is the fact that he's about to break the honky-tonk man's all-time longest intercontinental streak record. And that was one record I wanted the honky-tonk to keep for a while longer, or maybe forever. I know he's already had it for a while. But I always thought it was cool to say the longest Intercontinental Championship reign is Honky Tonk Man. One of my favorite characters. Childhood favorite. It's been a while. But kudos to Gunther. No surprise there. He was absolutely fantastic, as he always is. It'll be interesting to see where both of these guys go now. Drew with the contract situation, but he's still going to be around, I assume, after this loss. And then, of course, Gunther, new challengers. What's going to be the uh, the next challenger for Gunther? Who's going to step up? I just want to mention real quick, too, before we get to the last match of the night, the main event. Um, just to touch back on the Brock Lesnar-Cody Rhodes match. The fact that Brock gave him a semi-hug raised his hand and shook his hand at the end of that we've never I don't think ever have seen Brock Brock Lesnar do that before shake his opponent's hand after losing to them raise the guy's hand hug him and then walk out I think it's an obvious face turn back for Brock once again. He's probably going to be gone again for a few months or whatever. Maybe come back to the Royal Rumble or something or Survivor Series, something like that. He's probably going to be gone for a little while. be interesting to see where they go after this. But that was interesting. The fact that he, he uh, shook Cody's hand and raised it and embrace them there for a little bit. Just something interesting, something different, something unexpected for sure. All right, let's go to As the World Turns, also known as the Bloodline. Roman Reigns defending the Undisputed Universal Championship and the Tribal Chief moniker against his cousin Jey Uso. Main event Jey Uso in what was a fantastic match. Probably going to be my match of the night. Four and a half. It's not a five-star match. You know what? I guess now I'm going to do quarters to 4.25. Maybe not a four and a half. 4.25. Whatever. This is all subjective and whatever. But anyway, 
it had me a couple times. Not really where I definitely thought it was um, the match was going to end, but it was going to be well if they if if Jay was going to win, there was a couple matches you know, and I thought Jay was going to win. There would have been a couple times that I thought that that was going to be the end of the match. He came really really close. He had some really good moments. Uh, they started nice and slow. They picked up the intensity. Of course, because it's the bloodline, there's so much drama. They drag it out. They've been dragging it out now for three years. And to be honest, it doesn't get old. It's still the best storyline in wrestling. Bar none. And by far. And I know some people have already said that, have said that they're getting sick of it or whatever the case may be. But if you're following it, they are changing it enough and adding layers and peeling back layers enough that it stays fresh for a lot of people and I'm one of them. I never thought Jey Uso was going to win the title. But I wanted to know how they were going to get there. Because I do think they see Jey Uso as a main eventer, if not now in the near, very near future. So unlike Drew McIntyre, but like Ricochet, he needed to be protected. So how are they going to protect him and have him lose, but still come out of it better for it? Still come out looking good. And uh, we have another layer to the story. Jay's twin brother, Jimmy Uso, who was injured at the hands of Roman and Solo, comes back and screws Jay Uso. What? <laughs> what? Didn't see that coming. That's for sure. So now we've got to find out the, the why from Jay so from Jimmy Uso. We're probably gonna get some more developments in the solo just now starting to show some wrinkles and some mistrust in Roman couldn't help but notice that at the end of this match Roman is exhausted and he just left and left Uso down and out at ringside didn't go back to check on him didn't go back and bring him back to the back with him just walked out without him him and Paul Heyman, plus the fact that Solo, he accidentally speared Solo, and Solo took exception to that, so there's, again, it's the bloodline, and there's more stuff in it, Solo and Roman, Jimmy and Jay, why did Jimmy screw Jay, we don't know, we have to watch, they're going to drag it out, maybe at some point, We'll get a fatal four with all four members in that match. Because I have a feeling that while Jay, Jimmy did screw Jay, I don't think Jimmy's with Roman. I really don't. I think Jimmy Uso is going to be his own man. He's got to give a reason why he screwed Jay, which makes him a heel automatically. But that doesn't mean he's got to be aligned with Roman. And I don't think he's going to be. Which means we could have four separate entities if Solo and Roman start having a rift as well and split. We could have the four family members of the bloodline 
and maybe we have a fatal four-way, which would be very interesting. Make it like a fatal four-way in a hell in a cell or something like that. That'd be great. Something like that. Anyway, so that's going to do it for that one. Four and a half, four and a quarter stars for the last match. Probably the match of the night. There's a few contenders. There really wasn't an absolute stinker. Maybe the Ronda Shana one, one was, but not really. It was fine. Let's come back with a quick close. Okay, so that's going to do it. I gave my star ratings overall the show. Gets a very solid, since I'm doing quarters now, uh, 3.75 out of 5 for the whole show. 3.5 in that range, 3.5, 3.75, which is as solid as a rock show, and that's what this, this was. This show was solid as a rock. Had some, had championship changes, hand, changing hands. We had LA Knight winning a battle royal watching his ascension we had two great world championship matches great storylines built into both of them EO Sky cash in is always exciting and then Ricochet and Logan Paul really tore the house down one last little thing Logan Paul's brother Jake Paul fought last night Jake Diaz I don't know where the fight was I gotta check but Logan was there which means that's probably why his match went on first. And when it was over, he probably jumped, must have jumped right on a plane and got to wherever Jake Paul's fight was. Which is kind of crazy, but I, I happened to see an interview in the ring after Jake Paul's fight, and I saw in the background Logan Paul was there. So he wrestled Ricochet, jumped on a plane, and went to his brother's fight and got there in time. Crazy, crazy. Anyway, that's going to do it for this one. I might be back with another review and reaction with a guest. But either way, that's my first wrestling podcast on Perks Pod. Hopefully you enjoyed it. If you want to come on the pod, don't forget, perkspod at gmail.com. All right, that's going to do it. Hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, I will see you later.